if I was to uh, kind of give a title to what I want to talk about, it would be, if only you'd known. As simple as that. If only you had known. And that's the problem with most people in life. They don't know. And if you could see, really see. God wants good success. Uh, we talked about from Joshua uh, chapter 1 that the point uh, God said is every place where the sole of your foot treads, that have I given you. In Joshua chapter 1, you remember, I just want to, for people who weren't here, who should have been, um, I just want to go back there first this morning. Joshua chapter 1, uh, you remember when Moses died, uh, the promise was, verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. And verse 7, only be strong and very courageous uh, to obey the command of God. Uh, the thing is that you can't ever possess what you don't totally uh, overcome. Uh, and possession and overcoming are two things. In, in the Revelation, the book of Revelation, it talks, to him that overcometh will I give, to him that overcometh. So every place where the sole of your foot treads, anything you do in life, the only way you'll ever be successful is when you overcome it when you understand it, when you comprehend it, and when you dominate it and control it. And the thing under your feet is something you've totally overcome. People fail in business because they don't really master their subject. And in life, in business, in anything you do, if you don't master it, and you don't totally have it under your feet, you'll never succeed. And God promised them good success. But the good success is when you mastered. And one of the things you need to master is your own life and soul. Uh, you know, very often, something clicks in my mind and my spirit. <laughs> I wasn't made to be a dwelling place of God. I was born in sin. <laughs> I wasn't made to worship at his feet. It's a lovely song. I love the music. But I suddenly God spoke to me and said, just a minute. Now the first Adam was born to be in relationship with Christ. But watch out. That we weren't made that way. 
And if you try and make yourself that way, you have religion. That's not how you're made. You can do emulsion with that, but it's not true. I was born again of God's spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost. I was made to obey him. When I was born again, I became a partaker of the divine nature. But I tell you what I wasn't, I wasn't my first birth, and what I was as a first birth was certainly not to, to fulfill God's will. Otherwise, you end up with Charles Finney believing that everyone, you know, can, by an act of their will, can do what God wants. Hey, you can't. You're a stinker. Until you get birth from above and a whole nature change inside where you're transformed and you weren't the person you were born, you end up in rebellion with God. You'll always go the wrong way. But you can come into church and say, I was made to be a... No, you weren't. Sorry. You weren't. Just not the way you were. But if you think that's the way you were, you end up in delusion. Nice emotion. Not true. And truth is the most important. It's truth in the inward part. I can take it to be whatever I like, but the truth is, what does it say? You know, we've got to speak from the spirit of truth. Hey, all of us were born in sin, conceived in sin. You see, depravity and total depravity of man is a necessity to understand before you can come to salvation. I need a savior from sin because of the total depravity within. I was not born free. I was born bound. I was born with total depravity of soul and mind and spirit. My spirit was dead. Sin was inherited from the first Adam and it came throughout mankind and we need to understand there has to be a total redemption of the purchased possession, body, soul and spirit. You must be born again, said Jesus. You won't see the kingdom of God, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God and a lot of people, the reason they're struggling and the reason they're fighting is because they don't understand there has to be a nature change. I have to be a partaker of the divine nature. There has to come a crisis in the life where I realize I cannot make it, only God can birth me and save me and deliver me and heal me. And it has to be what God does. And it's sovereign. I can't, by an act of my will, do it. I can't make it happen. We're born not of the will of the man, nor of the will of the flesh. We're born of God. And it has to be God originated. Faith cometh by hearing the... Word of? 
We're born again of the incorruptible word of God. And I see so many people, they come to church and they struggle. And they find a conflict inside. And they say, well, you know, everyone has it. No! No, no, no. You must have a regeneration that totally transformed you inside. And when you start challenging people, they say, well, I've been to church for years. You know, it was osmosis. It slowly happened. I slowly... No, you liar. You can't come that way. There has to be a birth. You must be born again. And the second you're born again, mark my words, you will know. You know when it's happened. And if you don't know when it happened and how it happened, you're not. You're on your way to hell. Is that plain? Is that plain? Hello? Is that plain? Yes. You're sure? I, I don't want you to think, you know, he said something different and, and you know, it, it, it couldn't have meant what he said. Well, I do. New birth. You know, God wants to bring us in. He wants to give us good success. God wants to give us everything. It's a gift. And the only reason you haven't got it is because you're self-reliant instead of God-reliant. You believe you can. You can't. You believe you should. You cannot. You believe that there's good in you. There isn't. And until you come to the place where you see your total poverty from the life of God, you won't ever exchange your efforts for his life. I live, said Paul, nevertheless not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life that I now live in the flesh, not in the spirit, in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. How many people do I see who, who come and they're struggling and they're struggling and they're struggling? You don't have to strive when you have life. <laughs> when you're dying, you struggle for breath. When you're alive, you're alive. I know so many people come to church and, and, and it's a battle. Everything's a battle. Oh. But when you're born from above and you have the peace of God that passeth all understanding, when it becomes so, so easy, because you have the nature of God within, there are, there are certain things that happen. Uh, just your mind totally changes. You have the mind of Christ. 
Uh, you think in a totally different way. The world thinks one way, you think another way. Mankind thinks one way, you, you just think another way. You can't help yourself because you got born and you started partaking of a nature that is totally different from yours, and, and it's so wonderful. And, and being filled with the Holy Ghost is just part of life. Wonderful. If only you'd known. <laughs> and I look on people, I talk to people all the time, and not counseling, just chatting with them. Listen to what they say. What a mess. What a mess. And why? Well, because self reliance is pretty hopeless. And yet God promises us good success. And I, I think, well, goodness me. And, and there's a condition on it, you know. You've got to love the law of God and the word of God with all your heart and soul and mind. You meditate on the word of God. You think about the word of God. It gets into you. And it's not that you get concentrating on the world. You get concentrating on Christ. And he's the source of all life. It's so important to understand God wants to reach inside of us. But it's his word that does the work. And if you close your heart to his word and you close your heart to listening or if your mind is so affected and your reason so effective that you don't hear what God's saying, you will never get what God's given. You'll live in poverty. Poverty of soul. And it's the word that's so important. I want to just take you to some scriptures. And, you know, we, we were in Joshua. And I love Joshua. I love the book. Um, uh, here's, here's people, the children of Israel. They came out of Egypt... They went through the Red Sea. They saw all the Egyptians slain without raising a sword or a sling. They didn't do anything. Men, women, and children all walked through dry land over the Red Sea. And the Egyptians coming with their chariots all were drowned. Not one of them left. Wiped out. The whole thing. Wonderful victory. And God said to the people, go into the land. I've given it to you for an inheritance. And you remember they sent spies in? And the spies went in and ten of them came back with an evil report. Ten of them said there's giants in the land. Ten of them said uh, we'll be like grasshoppers in their sight. 
Ten of them said, no hope. Two, Joshua and Caleb said, we're well able to go in and the Lord will give it to us. And I tell you, the big thing that people forget, because in your human mind and in your human reason, fear grips you. And the children of Israel, they all moaned and tore their clothes and said, oh, you know, and they ended up going around in the wilderness and not one of those that defied God entered in. The whole generation was wiped out. They never received what they could have had. And when Moses was dead, two spies went in and they ended up going to a certain house on a wall and you hear the testimony. If only they'd known this, the testimony. Look at it in Joshua chapter 2. You remember they went in and the woman took the two men, verse 4, and hid them. And on uh, verse 8, And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, that's the two spies, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Hey, what a testimony from an unbeliever. Hello? All the children of Israel who had watched all the miracles would not believe God. And yet here's a woman who's a harlot. And she tells them what really happened 40 years ago. For 40 years, they languished in the wilderness until a whole generation had died out. And the reason they languished is because they did not believe God. And yet, their enemies were absolutely petrified. There was no heart in them to stand against the children of Israel. They realized that the children of Israel's God was the true God and they were finished. And they realized that God had given them the land. What a testimony. What a testimony. You know, there is nothing worse 
for the unbeliever than to see the people of God. Their hearts fail them for fear. And you know, if you could only see the devil is terrified of you, the demons are petrified. And the world is terrified. Now you say, well, it doesn't appear that way. No. You see, Jericho had high walls. They had chariots. They had all kinds of things. It seemed they were so powerful, and yet they were so weak. (laughs) Their hearts had already failed them. They'd already already given over themselves to defeat. They expected good success for the children of Israel. They expected everything to work well for them. In fact, they said there's no way we can overcome them. And yet the children of Israel sat on the other side of Jordan full of fear because of ten stupid men. And then you get the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, look, hey, the devil's in trouble. Hey, the world's got a problem. We're their problem. We're more than conquerors through Christ. My, my Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee. Why does he run? He's terrified. He knows he's already defeated. He knows there's nothing he can do against you. He knows all his machinations are useless. And the moment you know what God has done is the moment all his powers vanquished. The moment you stand up and you understand what God has done for you is the moment when you begin to live in victory. If only they had known. If only those stupid children of Israel had realized what God had done in the hearts of all the other people. Hey, if you've got no heart for war and no heart for a fight, and you're already terrified and petrified and ossified and whatever elseified, and there you are, and you're feeling, goodness me, it can't be. Do you know, all they were waiting for was the Israelis to come and kill them. It was that simple. There was no way the children of Israel could be defeated. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Well, don't you find that wonderful? If only they'd known, they wouldn't have spent 40 years living on manna. They could have gone in and they could have had the good life. Instead, they wandered about in the wilderness. My, if only they'd known. <laughs> and this is old covenant. This isn't the promises in Christ. This is old covenant. 
And it's left for our example. Paul says in Corinthians, you know, for an example, so you can understand what's true. My, we're here on the earth to make a difference. We're salt, we're light. That's what's so wonderful. We have a God who's almighty. And almighty God has given us victory. Uh, look, look at it again. Look at this. Here's, here's a, a woman of ill repute living upon the wall. And she takes these two spies in. She hides them. I, it excites me because I think it, 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 if that, you know, there she is. And she says, hey, you need to understand the real heart of your enemies. See, when, when, when they realize you're a Christian, you absolutely finish them. Because they know when you're a born-again, spirit-filled believer, they know there's nothing they can do against you. They can't wipe out your belief. They can't conquer you. They can't do anything to you. In fact, they know you are the victor over them. A man. What a terrible thing. They're, they're, they're finished. Absolutely finished. Look at it. <laughs> I know, she says, verse 9, that the Lord have given you the land. What did she know? It's yours. I know. Not one of those children of Israel knew it. Forty years they've fuffed around. Do you know, this woman had more faith than the whole bunch of them. It was faith in their disaster. She said, look, she said, I know the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. And that's what I, I know that. If only they'd known. And, and, and do you understand? It's what you don't know that destroys you. My people perish for lack of knowledge. If you knew, but you don't, you know why you're getting bothered? You don't know. If you knew, if you understood, but you don't. Children of Israel were living in fear. Oh, they're giants in the land. Oh, we'll be like grasshoppers. No. We know God's given you the land. Hey, it's yours. We know it's your inheritance. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you 40 years ago and she's still telling them there's not one person who's prepared to stand against them because they know they've had it. <laughs> for 40 years, they didn't realize. 
when you came out of Egypt, and what he did, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Hey, how, how does that make you feel? How does, look, this is an example left for our instruction, says Paul in Corinthians. How does that make you feel? How does it make you feel? Huh? When you realize that when God promises you something and promises you an inheritance, I'll tell you, the whole of creation bows to God's will. Everything that opposes God is quaking. Do you know when Jesus came to earth and walked the earth, he just had to walk down a place and people fell down and the devils cried out, Oh, you come to torment us before... Hey, they already knew their end was that. <laughs> they they realised that was it. Glory to God. We're not there wailing and begging. If only they'd known... I find Christians, they're trying to get victory. They think if they fast and pray and moan and groan, stupid, if only you knew. The enemy is terrified. He quakes. Why? Because Christ is alive in you. And they have no power. You have the creator of heaven and earth living within you. You have the whole of the Godhead within you. When you stand up, they quake. Said of Jesus, who gave you this authority? What they were saying is, we know you've got the authority. Who made you ruler? Who appointed you? They know you're appointed. Who made you? Oh, glory. Isn't it wonderful? Huh? Well, isn't that wonderful? Yes. We're more than conquerors. Do you know, you don't just conquer, you annihilate. Glory to God. You know, you, we're on the earth to do something. I love it. I love it. <laughs> It's, it's, it just is a much better thing. You know, and this is, this is an unbeliever saying all these things. A believing unbeliever. Do you know, the world believes more in God than the church. Isn't that terrible? The world believes... This woman... She believed more in the things of God than the children of Israel had watched all the miracles. 
Look, verse 11. As soon as we'd heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man. Now you'll notice that Joshua was told to be of good courage. You know, the real thing between a man of faith and a man of unbelief is the question of courage. It takes courage and it takes manhood to stand up for truth. That's why God hates the effeminate. Because there's people who have no courage. Courage is something that is eminently desirable. You've just got to be brave, bold. If you're going to do anything in the business world, if you're going to do anything with your family, anything, you've got to have the courage of your convictions. You don't apologize for them. You know whom you believe. You're fully persuaded. What he promised, he's able to perform. And when your heart begins to fear, you need to read this. The devil's already petrified. He knows he's on a losing wicket. Not just a sticky wicket, it's a losing wicket. He's finished. Glory to... I love that. I love the thought that even the, the very people who are the greatest enemies, they know they've had it. Nothing you can do. Mm. Isn't that great? Well, isn't that great? You see, if you start taking courage... Uh, and if only the children of Israel had known all these things, do you think they'd have wandered around 40 years in the wilderness? If they'd believed Caleb and Joshua, they could have gone in. 40 years of unbelief and terror because of one stupid thing. And yet, every single person in the promised land knew that the children of Israel were coming and they knew they'd had it. And there wasn't one of them that was going to be able to stand up against them. And do you know there's not one disease, there's not one sickness, there's not one bondage, there's not one sin, there's not one devil, demon, gobbledygook can stand up against you. If only you'd known. If only... You understood. Uh, and the only thing that stops you living in it is lack of courage. And no manhood in you. And so you live in poverty and failure because of your fear. That's terrible, isn't it? (laughs) 
What a shout goes up. You know, there's a shout of victory. Hey. And God said to the children of Israel, he said, you go six days, walk around their battlements, have a look. Seventh day, seven times round. Look at just what they've put up and they think it's going to protect them. And then he said, on the seventh time, blow the horns, give a mighty shout, and the walls came tumbling down, didn't they? Huh? And all that looked so powerful just disintegrated with a shout. It would have disintegrated 40 years before. The hearts of the people in there had already disintegrated. They'd already quit. Hey, you know the devil has no power? You think he does? You think the enemies of Christ have power? No. They die in their filth. The moment Calvary happened and the moment the women went to the tomb and it was empty, every enemy of God trembled. Why? It was over. And the day of Pentecost when it fully came, no wonder the place was shaken where they were. The Holy Ghost came down. And it filled them all. And the devil knew from that moment on he was finished. He was history. And he's afraid. And the world is afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the enemies of God tremble. Because we have the creator of heaven and earth living in us. And they'll try everything to stifle that voice. They'll try everything to ruin that testimony. They'll try everything to tear it down because of their fear. But they cannot and never will succeed. And you see, to be a Christian, the one thing you need more than anything is courage. You need to be bold. If only they had known. Isn't it wonderful, though? A courage. Boldness. You know, the people that get to the top in life are the people who are bold and courageous. They're not any smarter than anyone else. They're focused. There's a boldness that's suicidal. I, I see some people who are bold in a stupid thing. In Proverbs 28, verse 18, Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. Look, there's a difference between uprightness and perversity. I meet perverse people. They won't succeed. They're going to fall. There's got to be integrity and uprightness. Uh, and don't ever get the idea that just being bold, you know, you, you'll get on. Because I tell you something, 
We're talking about Christians and God being on our side. And it goes on. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. But he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Look, one thing you have to understand is, is what, what you do is you till your own land. Don't ever think you'll prosper off someone else's work. You won't. Uh, if you till your land, you'll have plenty of bread. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. You know, some people, they're always looking for a scheme to make money. <laughs> uh, and they always end up with poverty. Some people, they just, they always think there's a way to make money. Watch out. To have respect of persons is not good. For, for a piece of bread, that man will transgress. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Now, when you want to be rich, what's going to meet you? Poverty. But if you walk uprightly and till your own land, you can have plenty of bread. And you plough in the field you're in, you'll be surprised how God will prosper you and you'll never be short of bread. The trouble is when you try and go and be in the field God never put you in. And you end up with failure. Ambition destroys. Because usually a person who's ambitious is ambitious for the wrong thing. You've got to be ambitious for the right thing. My own field. I know what I can do. I know what God's given me. Is that plain? Hello? If you're sowing someone else's field, who's going to get the crop? Not you. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but... In the power of God. You know, when you go to a place, and I go to many places, and you see the crowds coming, I'll tell you what I think. When I look out and I see people coming and their tremendous needs, and they flock, especially when I've been in South America or in Africa, And you see the people coming, or in the Arab Emirates, and they come, and there's all sorts of needs. I often sit there and I think, my God, 
If you don't do something, we're in trouble. You know, without him, we can do nothing. And Paul's saying, well, when he came, he was in trembling. There's a humanity in you that realizes, hey, I need this God of heaven to come down and reveal himself. It's not what I have, it's what he is. And you look out and you think, goodness me. And then you stand and there comes a holy boldness upon you and you know your God will do it. And if you don't have that, don't preach. When the Holy Ghost comes, you know. And you know the Spirit of God's there and he'll do what he promised to do. And it makes everything easy. Paul was saying, look, your faith stands in the power of God, not in the wisdom of men. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the prince of this world that are come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of the world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, neither ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Amen? Do you know, you can't even comprehend what God's prepared. Listen, your enemies are petrified of you. The world is fearful of you. If you would wake up to the things that God has prepared for you, that God freely gives you, and you would begin to understand what is yours in Christ, everything will change in your life. Instead of being self-reliant, become God-reliant. Instead of being, I can, become he can. <laughs> Instead of thinking you can, know that it is God who does it. <laughs> and when you know that, everything changes. You don't live in the wisdom of men, you live in the power of God. And everything, everything trembles at his word. That's the wonder of it. You don't need to fear any man's face. God's on my side. We're more than conquerors. My. What a gift. God's just waiting for men and women who start to understand what they've got in Christ. God's revealed it to us by his spirit. Spirit. 
God, verse 10, God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man that's in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You need to know what's been given you. If only they'd known. If only the children of Israel had an inkling of what had happened in the land they were promised, how every enemy of theirs was terrified of them, how all their courage had gone, how they actually believed that the land wasn't theirs anymore, it belonged to someone else. They realized they were tenants and they weren't going to be tenants for long. They were going to be thrown out and killed. It's true. Don't let your heart deceive you. It's true. It's wonderful. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But, and here's the important thing, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. There's people who will sit here, and they'll listen, and they'll think it's just stupid. They won't understand. No matter what you say, they're not going to understand it. Why? I, I tell you, I sat on that chair as God is my witness. I sat on that chair this morning as they were singing that song and everything I've said, God spoke to me. I just sat here. I didn't get up to sing, I just sat for a minute or two. And you see, if you hear God, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. God said it. It's what the Holy Ghost says. When the Holy Ghost speaks, who can gainsay it? Just began to talk to me. So I just sat there for a few minutes and listened to him. It got me excited. Tell you, I think it's the most wonderful thing of all. You realize every enemy of yours is absolutely petrified of you. You know, the enemy knows he's defeated. He'll rage. Why did a heathen rage and imagine a vain thing? I'll tell you why. Because they know they're defeated. The angrier they get, the more certain you are of victory. (laughs) They can't stand against the power of God. If you knew... The gift of God. If you knew the grace of God, you know, you knew. 
If only you knew. And that's why I shared it with you this morning. God said, hey, and when God told me, hey, that's how every enemy, everyone in this room, I want to tell you, what is seeming so powerful to destroy you is quaking with fear that you'll wake up to what Christ has freely given you. And when you do, they are finished. They are totally finished. <laughs> nothing can stand against God, I'm telling you. Nothing can stand against his word. Nothing. Nothing. Stand up. The wonderful thing. There's no enemy of yours that has any ability to stand. No man shall ever stand before you. No man can withstand you. God said so. Joshua, <laughs> when my Jesus walked the earth, they tried to trap him with words, they tried to trap him, with, they couldn't. <laughs> Devils cried out. <laughs> they, they were terrified. I want to tell you, you're a witness in the earth to God's glory. You're a witness in the earth to God's power. The day you recognize what you've got and the thing that's been freely given you of God is the day the devil's going to tremble when you begin to live it. When you stop your self-centered, self-pitying groveling and you get some courage... And you say, hey, my God put me on this earth to be a witness of what he did. And it's free. And it's a gift. When you do that, I tell you what will happen. It will shake the earth. If you think you don't need to walk around the walls of Jericho, they're flat already. What you need to understand, it's the enemies of God whose hearts fail them for fear. Put your hand on your chest. Every enemy, Every enemy. Fears, me. fears me. Christ lives in me. The power of God's in me. To break every yoke. To snap every fetter. To loose every bond, to loose every bond. Nothing, nothing can stand against, stand against. my Saviour. Savior. Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in me. I'm, alive in him. I'm alive in Him. He created heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. His, almighty God. His Almighty God. He's given me the authority, me the authority. To, stand. to stand, to be courageous. To defy the enemy. To take the land. Every place where my foot treads. Shall be mine. God gives it me. 
He'll enrich me. He'll prosper me. He'll cause me to stand and be a witness to his power, his life. Amen. Amen. Isn't he a good God? That's his word. Give God the praise. He's a good God. You know?